What was that? Oh, okay. All right. Um, could you bow with me, please, in a word of prayer? Father, uh, we come before you as students of your word. And as we open your word this morning, I pray that even though it's the same words we've heard before, the, the same words we've looked at time and time again, I pray that today as we, as we think about what you have written in your word and what you have wanted us to know, that we will again remember your promises, Lord. Again, uh, again look at this relationship that you have given us. I pray that as we open your word that you will, in a very new and real way, uh, make your ways and your plans known to us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So after all the songs that we sang, I feel like we can maybe just go home now. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jeremy. Um, this is, well, this is almost the end of 2018 and Everybody's maybe thinking, oh, no, not another New Year's resolution sermon. Um, no, not really. Uh, you know, I, I do find it interesting, though, how fast our plans can change. Um, think about some of the plans that you had for this past year. How many of those plans were completely changed awarded, um, completely turned on their head just by a little bit of information that you maybe didn't know. Um, not going to, not going to give you, not going to give you the example that I have right now. Just think about your own example. Um, but as I think about the, the plans that I had for this year and maybe the plans that I had for the future, I, I realize how fast my plans can change, how fast my plans can be upended, turned on their head, uh, just because of something that I didn't know. Now, I had a hard time thinking about this sermon, honestly, um, quite honestly, because I felt like I was lacking time or information or something, uh, we were going through the book of Romans in the adult Sunday school class, and today we looked at the verses that are well, really, they're theological chewing gum. You know, theologians will grab these verses, wrestle with them, chew them up, spit them out, and then have to pick them up again and chew, them, chew over them again. Um, and that is the, the topic of God predestining us for a relationship with himself. The verses that I'm talking about 
If you'll turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 8, starting in verse 28. You'll recognize them because they're sometimes, they tend to be taken out of context. They tend to be, tend to be twisted around sometimes. But, and so I'll give you my thoughts on these today. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that, we, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Um, when I look at these words of scripture, there's, there's been volumes written on these words, right? Um, the, the idea that God is in complete control of the relationship that we have with him. Um, this, this idea of God controlling everything, it, it was, it's been something that I've struggled with. But in our, in our study of Romans, what I'm finding more and more is that more than anything, I need God's plans to work for me, right? Um, I needed God to be the one who initiated the relationship with me. I needed God to be the one who was going to seek me out and find me and chase me down and hogtie me if necessarily to bring me back to himself. So when I look at these verses on predestination, how God, through his foreknowledge, through his desiring of a relationship, predestined me to be conformed into the image of his son. Um, you know, I, I need that to work for me. And when I look at these verses, I see maybe more than anything, this is, this is hindsight. This is what we're going to look back on with our relationship with Christ. We're going to, we're going to realize that God had it all planned out. He knew what he was doing. I think about as I came to Christ, uh, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, normally we, when, when people look at these verses, we tend, sometimes we can take it and put this on as completely a material thing, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, if, if I'm following God, you know, my crops are all going to grow, my 
you know, my kids are all going to be healthy, you know, my life is just going to be peachy, right? Sometimes we, we try to look at it like that. That's not what it's talking about at all. The other extreme that we tend to go to is uh, we tend to completely spiritualize this. You know, when I, when I look back over my life, I'll be able to see, you know, everything happened for a reason. Everything was good in its time, I suppose. Um, when I look at this now on, on the other side of having accepted Christ, I look back and I see that God was working in all these different things, whether it was, uh, whether it was going to youth group, whether it was uh, allowing me to get to the point that I considered suicide, you know, whether it, you know, um, whether it was being transferred to this church. Uh, when I don't remember how old I was when we first started coming here. God used and God orchestrated all of these things, all of the, the faithfulness of his saints and the, the things that had been, the things that were involved in my life. He brought me to that point where I was able to come into a relationship with him. Um, Maybe you've noticed that in your life, or maybe you're not there yet. Maybe this idea of God knew it all beforehand. Maybe this idea of you know God, God knowing who's going to come to Him. Maybe that's a struggle for you. You know, um, not sure where I was going with that. But realize that God's plan, God's plan for me, God's plan for you, it's not done yet. Because those that he foreknew, he predestined to what? He predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now we know who his son is, right? We know it's Jesus. We, we probably know a lot about Jesus. We know that we just celebrated his birthday, that he came down in the form of a baby. Um, we know that even though he was God, he completely emptied himself of, of his power and authority to come and be like us, be one of us. Um, And we know that he died. And not just passed away from old age, because, you know, that would be easy. You know, Lord willing, that's, that's what we'll get to experience, right? Um, but he died such a death that it could only be seen as punishment even though he did absolutely nothing wrong, right? 
as I as I look back, hindsight's twenty twenty. This is a plan that I need to work for me. This is a this is a plan that you need to work for you, right? Um, I need a God who knows. I need a God who is not surprised by new information. I need a God who is. I need a God who knows the end before he even begins it, right? But if I serve a God like that, if, I, if I'm in a relationship with a God like that, um, what's my part in this relationship that I have? What's, you know, it, it seems that, you know, God has done everything. My entire salvation, every, my my hope of heaven, my, my relationship with God, everything's wrapped up in what Jesus did for me. So what's, what's my part in this? What do, you, what do I need to do? And that, I think, is maybe what I've been struggling with more than anything lately. Because if Jesus has paid all and Jesus has done all, now what needs to happen? Well, we know that God's plan is that we are conformed to the image of his son, right? Now that we have entered into this relationship with God, now we are supposed to be becoming more like Jesus, I thought I'd be able to stay in the book of Romans for this entire sermon, but I'm, I'm not able to uh, because I think there's another passage that, that, that shows us the relationship that we have to God now, maybe better than some of the, maybe better than some of the things that, than some of the texts in Romans can, and that's Hebrews chapter 12, Okay. On the one hand, of course, we have God and his plan, and he's, he knows, he's planned out our days even before we began. Now, the problem is I'm looking at, I'm looking at my life from this side. I'm looking at my life as a finite being who doesn't understand all of the plans and all of the purposes of God. I'm, I'm a... I'm a being who doesn't have the full knowledge, the full grasp of the situation. So how am I ultimately an imperfect, a finite being supposed to relate to a God who is omniscient, who is omnipresent, who's everywhere at the same time, you know, who is omnipotent, who is all-powerful? How am I to relate to a God like this? Well, the answer is, I get to become his child. 
that's the relationship that we get to have with Christ. Now, um, these verses that we're about to read maybe mean a little bit more to me now that I'm about to become a father. All right? (laughs) Let's start in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, Start in verse 1, because there's a lot here. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside. Well, I should stop there. Therefore, he's talking about chapter 11. Go home and, and read it. It's the, it's the hall of faith. Uh, talking about the faith that all the saints before us had. So when he's talking about witnesses, what I see is... Um, it's like we're walking through a museum of faith. Okay? <clears throat> I get to see the faith that Abraham had and the faith that Joseph had and the faith that Moses had. I'm, I'm looking at all of those people as, as examples of, of people who had faith, people who were human like us that had faults like us and yet through faith had a relationship with God. Not maybe the same kind of relationship that we can have now because Jesus had not yet come and died for them. But now we, looking back on the sacrifice that Christ has made, have an even better relationship than than they could have ever hoped to have. Have you ever thought about how blessed we are to to live in a time where we can look back to a point in history and say everything that I have ever done, everything that, every mistake that I'm going to make, it was all settled right back there at the cross. Have you ever thought about that? Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Just like one day we'll be able to look back and see how God did in fact work all things together for good. Did work all things together to perform his plan and his purpose and his design in our lives. So now we can can look forward by looking at the person of Christ, by who he, he was, by, who, by what he did, um, by how he lived, we can look at him and see, really see the future. See what we are, what we are now struggling to become, what we will one day be made, Right? Um, 
we look unto Jesus. He's, he's the author of our faith. He's the finisher of our faith. Verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. I think this is probably the part that has been sticking out to me most recently. Because I find even though I have this relationship with God, maybe you can relate, maybe you can't. Maybe your relationship is stronger than mine. I hope so. Um, I find it hard to want to struggle and fight against the sins I have that, that so easily entrap me that really I, I allow to entrap me, right? And so I have some place I'm supposed to look. Do I all the time? No. Well, I'm... <laughs> I'm not sure I can consider myself a very good son. Okay? For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten that uh, the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Do not be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Um, <clears throat> it is both comforting, I find, and terrifying to realize that one of the ways I can know I'm saved is that God won't leave me alone. <laughs> Um, maybe you can relate. Right. Um, I find now, as I am a child of God, God does not allow me, God does not leave me to my own devices. No, I, I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. The Holy Spirit's really good at convicting people of sin. Really, really good at it. It's one of his main jobs. Um, and this tension that we feel, this struggle that we feel from having to face up to the fact that we are not yet like Jesus. Um, this is one of the one of the proofs, one of the evidences that God's plan in your life is working. That's sometimes hard to face, right? Now, this next part is it's getting a little more real to me each day because I realize how far I might fall short as a father to the little girl that's coming into our lives. OK, 
here shortly. Maybe you guys didn't catch that. We found out. <laughs> we found out on Thursday we're having a little girl. Um, I'm happy, but part of me is absolutely terrified. <laughs> uh, absolutely terrified because you know. First off, I'm going to be a father, and me not being not being perfect yet. I, I realize I'm going to be. I'm, I realize I'm going to make mistakes, but also, it's a girl, <laughs> and being the first of three boys, I'm a little more worried. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if you. Verse 7, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers. That's kind of comforting. I'm not the only one that gets spanked, right? Uh, Everyone's in the same boat. Actually, it's even more scary if you're not being chastened, right? Uh, But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Um, those of you who have, who have been parents probably, realize, probably recognize and are able to look back on um, what I'm sure I will learn in the future, right? <laughs> That's okay. Um, sometimes, and actually I can even see this in, in Good News Club and being allowed to deal with everybody else's children, sometimes we make rules, sometimes we make regulations that are more for our benefit than the benefit of the kids that we are watching, right? Sometimes it's just easier if you, if you don't play with that right now. It's, <laughs> it's easier for us if you, if you don't talk, if you, if you don't run. It's, it's easier for us, right? Um, God's not that way. God as a perfect father, having a perfect plan, with the end goal for us being perfection in the same way that Christ was perfect, um, all the things that he tells us to do, all the, all the ways that he directs us, they're perfect. And so we shouldn't need to question, hey, God, is this actually, actually the right thing? Is this, you know, you... You actually want me to, to love my wife? Really? <laughs> uh, 
Um, you actually, you know, you, you actually want me to love my neighbor? You actually want me to live holy and set apart? You actually want people to be able to look at me and see your son in me? You actually want that, really? Um, well, yeah, because his plans are perfect. Now, it seems like we don't always, we don't always follow his plan perfectly, and I think that's where your chastening comes in, right? God putting you back on the path that he has for you. God putting you... Uh, back into what he wants you to do. Um, Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of, of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. We are almost in a new year. I don't know if you all have New Year's resolutions, but um, hey, plans change. Um, As you enter, as you look back on this last year and as you enter a new year, knowing that God has a perfect plan for you, knowing that God isn't surprised by anything, the question that I would like us to ask ourselves is, am I a little more like Jesus now than when I started this year? Am I a little more like that image that I see of Jesus in Scripture? Am I, am I a little bit more like, you know, like God's Son? Now, we're adopted into family. We're already positioned in God's family if we've accepted what Christ has done for us on the cross. Uh, but it takes a while for our bodies and our minds to catch up with that, right? I don't have anything more than that. I don't have anything more than the than the plan that God has for me. If I decide to, if I wanted to rebel, if I wanted to stray away, if I wanted to go anywhere else, where is there to go except to God? Um, As you bow with me in a word of prayer, uh, think Think carefully about this relationship that you and I have with God 
with the with the one who has saved us, with the one who has planned our days. Carefully consider it. And consider whether or not you are are happy to be God's child. If you are, I pray that this coming year we will focus on being more like Jesus. More like those sons and daughters that bring joy and happiness to to a God who chose to love us before the world began. Father, we come before you today and Lord, we we are your children by virtue of what you have done for us by by virtue of what your son Jesus Christ has done for us. Um, That's a fact that isn't going to change, Lord. And I thank you that as far as my salvation is concerned, I don't have to worry about whether I'm good enough. I don't have to worry... uh, about whether I've crossed all my T's and dotted all my I's. I don't have to worry about that because your son, Jesus, has in fact paid everything for me and for us, Lord. But Father, now that as I am in a relationship with you, as I have been adopted into your family, as as we have become sons and daughters of you, Father, um, I pray that you help us to become good sons and daughters. I pray that as the world who looks at us sometimes with suspicion, sometimes with anger, sometimes with hatred, as they look at us, Father, that they will see your Son working in us, working through us, that they will see us becoming more and more conformed to the image of your Son, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I'm ten minutes early.